Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Real Guy Podcast. I got Joe Simons. Come like, on, do it. Like diamonds. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Joe, Joe Simons from Salt Strong. Um, so funny we're doing a uh, podcast together. Him and I tried to do a podcast, I'd say, five or six years ago now. Is that how long it was, you think, Joe? Yeah, dude. It was... Um... It was probably 2015, yeah. Um, like, and we were way too early. Like, I, I'm, I, we did it. We shut the thing down because, like, like no one likes podcasts. My dad is like, "What is a podcast?" <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, we we did that like what three or four years way too early. <laughs> we were all excited about it, and then nobody listened. <laughs> <laughs> now we're back. A lot different from today, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy today. How's your uh, how's your Salt Strong podcast going along? The the, uh, the uh, fan base and subscribers like it. Yeah, it's 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 growing. You know, we added the whole unchurched piece to it, which has been interesting. I get a lot of hate hate mail, um, but at the same point, I feel like it was something we were uh, called to do on on Sundays, and it's uh it it's not church, it's unchurched, and so we we basically kind of answer all the questions that that I personally struggle with with church and god and religion and get some pastors on and uh it's been interesting uh so that that actually has grown quite a bit uh because because of that so um yeah if you're really i've listened to a few of them have you look at you um, i think they're cool i can't believe well i actually can't believe we get hate fucking get hate for just about anything (laughs) nowadays but um yeah, I listened to it. I I, I, I I thought it was, you know, well, put it this way. Any podcast that you can listen from start to end is good. Yes. Right? Yep. That's the way I look at it. Because how many podcasts do I listen to? Um, you know, I get into it for like 10 minutes, and I'm like, oh, this just doesn't happen. And then I click off of it. You know what I mean? Yours, yours are good. We did, we did a whole – Luke and I did a whole podcast about your podcast. It was – I don't know if you heard that one, but it, we we spent at least ten minutes just talking about the turtle hunting podcast. You did. <laughs> I, did hear that. I did hear that. Yeah, the, the old turtle hunting. Oh. Yeah. I, I still trying, you know, trying trying to keep my content on the lighter side. Uh, still trying to make people laugh, but you know these um, you know these podcasts go on for an hour or so, so um, we still get that aspect to it, but it always gets a little bit more serious in the storytelling. And then hopefully, just hopefully that, um, you know, you can bring your audience to a different place for an hour. And I think we've been able to do that. And that's what kind of gets me fired up about it. And also like today, I wanted to do another podcast with you because I've seen online and listened to the latest project of yours the book that you wrote yes could you um act like i never heard anything about it so my audience understands i've always wanted to write a book <laughs> I, wanted to, I want to be called an esteemed author one day and when you did it i was like and that's awesome well i i've i've read some stat that 
it's like 90 something percent. It wasn't a hundred, but it was like 90% of people interviewed say they would like to write a book before they die, but only like 1% of people do. And, and this book was actually my fourth book. And, and I understand why it, uh, even, even female. So if you're a female, don't get offended by this. Even female authors had said it feels like just giving birth. You're putting your entire life into it, and it takes a whole lot longer than nine months to write a book, at least if you're writing a good one. And in the first round, you get rejected, and you feel like you're getting punched in the stomach, and you're sick to your stomach, and and you have people telling you it sucks, and you got to go rewrite, and that's happened with every single one of mine. But the the backstory, it, it it's uh, it's very personal, even though it's a fictional book. But my brother Luke and I, you know, we're the two founders of SaltStrong. We have a third brother that that doesn't really get any recognition or, or you don't hear from him much or even see pictures of him. And it's because he was born with cerebral palsy, very severe cerebral palsy, you know, where he's never walked or talked a day in his life. And, and dude, I, I, I hope I don't get emotional on this because I, I tend to when I talk about him. But I, I still remember he's six and a half years younger than me. And I remember, I remember when my parents came home with him, and and I remember exactly like this this green look recliner like a uh, lazy boy couch my mom was sitting on, and 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 they were crying. My mom and I were crying. And I, I remember like I didn't understand why, and you know it turns out he was he was different. I mean he was, uh, you know he wasn't deformed per se, but then again he he kind of was in some ways, and. Um, and as he grew older, we realized, you know, how severe it was. So they knew right away it was cerebral palsy. And and pretty quickly, the doctors, you know, said, you know, he's never going to walk or talk a day in his life. And he's not going to have a normal life expectancy. Just it's it's every parent's nightmare. I and mean, you, you've got a, a daughter and, and I've got a couple kids now myself. And it's it's just what everyone fears uh, oh, with a child, right? Well, regardless if it's cerebral palsy or what, like you just, everyone wants their kid to be perfect. And I'm using hand quotes and normal. And, and he wasn't, and it, it was, it was tough on the family. Um, it, it, it was tough growing up as a teenager, man, I, I felt so bad because, you know, as a teenager, you're trying to fit in and, you know, in public schools and public school in Florida, uh, especially going from like that seventh to eighth grade in middle school, like you're trying to be cool and you're trying to meet girls. And the last thing I want to do is be around my brother, Daniel. And so, like, I, I avoided him at all costs. And I, I still feel, like, almost kind of guilty about it. But what's crazy, Jeff, is, like, the this little dude, I call him a little dude. He's, you know, 30-something now. But, like, he, he loved me unconditionally the entire time. Like, he he never complained. He wakes up every day. I mean, he has, he has to have someone literally pick him up out of bed. He, he can't walk or talk. He can't really move that much at all. Yeah. He can't feed himself. He can't wipe his butt. Like, I mean, everything in his entire life revolves around someone else being there to help him. And yet the dude wakes up happy. He, he like, he wakes up, no lie, with a smile. He's like happy that he's got another day because he's kind of outkicked his coverage already. Right. And And right. so it's like, he's always been an inspiration as we got older. And I went through anxiety attacks and some, you know, bouts with a little bouts with depression and alcohol, you know, ups and downs with that. And every time I keep going back to my brother, Daniel's like, well, doggone, how, how can I be depressed or, or sad or, or feeling like, you know, I don't have a purpose in all this when my little brother, Daniel, I mean, he's never dated a girl. He's never driven a car. He's never played on a field. He's never, never, he can't even hardly go out in a boat anymore. Cause he's in a 400 pound electric wheelchair. Like, 
all this stuff that we take for granted, he doesn't have access to, and yet he still wakes up happy. With you know, and I don't know. So, all that being said, he's always been an inspiration. So I wrote the book Fishing for Happiness, which was more of a kind of personal development book. I guess is the genre it would fit in. It was it was kind of my life about quitting my job. You know, we were in the financial services industry and 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 weren't happy. That was what during a time it was just kind of low and right. i put that book out there and my little bro daniel he talks on an ipad you know he talks on a little voice synthesized uh app and he's like hey you, you write a book about me and i'm like oh yeah, he's kind of kidding around and he kind of brought it up again and i was like you know what i am gonna write about a book about you and at the time i had no idea what it was going to be about i don't know if it was going to be a true story a fictional story and after thinking about it a lot and taking notes and watching different movies I was like you know what i'm gonna make like a fictional story about him because let's be honest like no one really wants to read his, his life story and uh but but i wanted him to be the hero too and i wanted him to be the guy that like you know ends up kicking butt and and that people look at him differently because man let's face it you're you, when you're a teenager in 20s and 30s like he is now and you're in a wheelchair and you drool on yourself, and you can't walk or talk. People look at you funny. They they judge you differently. They you know, and it's tough. And they don't even want to approach him. So he he's got all this stuff going against him. Yet he wakes up happy. And I'm like, dude, you're gonna be the hero in this book. So long story short, I make this fictional book of him finding this underground portal, basically to a to a new world. And and he actually gets the ability. He finds like the fountain of youth in Saint Augustine, ironically, where you know Ponce de Leon was was looking for the fountain of youth, and right. finds the fountain of youth. He he actually gets the ability to walk and talk for the first time in his life. Feels like his whole you know his whole life is is kind of now solved and everything is good. And goes through this crazy journey journey of fighting people and and has to you know basically face all of his biggest fears like we all do in life. And I won't ruin the end of the story for you, but he uh, he does end up you know losing his legs again and 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 has a a, a pretty cool happy uh, happy ending and yeah it's been selling like like crazy on on Amazon and uh, and Kindle and pretty cool reviews and ultimately though I I, I did it you know for, for him I you know it, it's it's kind of the first time he's been the hero if that makes sense uh-huh. you know you and I both played sports. You know, we had days where we were the heroes where, you know, you score right. a touchdown or you throw that pass. And I mean, he's never had people clapping for him, dude. He's never been up on the podium or up on stage. Uh, never even, you know, he'd never been in the band, never been, you know, he can't even get in the stands. And right. uh, so he's now kind of the hero. And, and he, he even had, my mom told me yesterday, it made his day. Guy comes up to him, because I did a couple of videos with, with Dan the Man is what we call him. And uh, Dan, the on, yeah, Dan the Man put him on Facebook. And this guy comes up to him in Sam's Club. My mom's in there getting toilet paper and stuff for this virus. And the guy comes up to him. He's like, hey, are, are you Dan the man? And, you know, this makes his day because no one comes up to a kid in a wheelchair. Like, you don't know what to say to someone who can't walk or talk. And and my mom had the best conversation with this guy. And it turns out he's a salt-strong insider and has been following it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I bought the book. And uh, this is the coolest thing. I took a picture with him. Man, it, it made my brother's day. So That is yeah. freaking awesome, bro. Yeah, it's been cool. That is freaking awesome. Been now, cool. So sorry, yeah, I spewed out a lot of stuff there, but I get I get pumped up talking about uh, Dan the Man. Well, you should. I mean, first of all, he's your brother, and second of all, you know, it's a it, it just feels to me that um, you writing the book and getting that type of response, I think it's a huge thing for Dan the Man, but. Reading between the lines, I think it was a huge thing for 
for you. Do you think Dan Man knows how much that he's been able to help you over the years? I I I I don't know. That's a good question. I think he has an idea because now just like when you're young and you think your parents are against you and then, you know, all of a sudden you have your first child and you're like, man, my parents saved my butt from a lot of stuff. <laughs> and, and now that I'm older and, and I appreciate him more, I, I just tell him a whole lot more. Uh, now that I know what I know and I, I, I saw how much he just loved me and even the people who hated him, he got bullied, as you can imagine, a lot. And that was, those were the times I stood up for him. Like when I was a senior and he was, in the, I guess at that point, eighth grade, I mean, that or seventh grade, that was when, you know, we started standing up for him. I mean, like we would we would fight someone if they were calling him retarded or, or picking on him. Uh, right. But but he, he never got mad like he he just he was like he's like as close as you can get to God. And, I, and I've heard a lot of parents that have kids with, with Down syndrome and disabilities. They say the same thing They're like, man, the, the these I keep calling them kids, but. Um, right. You know, the, these these they are like gifts from God, like in my brother. I mean, he's. Dude, this is nuts. So he sits in front of a computer, I mean, pretty much all day long. He, he can't go outside and play sports. I mean, he's confined to a wheelchair, which is yeah. why I called the book The Chair. And not once, not once has he looked up porn or anything even close to it. Not once. Like, he does, he's not even curious about it. Not once has he even tried alcohol. Not once. Like, it, <laughs> it, he, 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 he spins, I, and I, not now because of this virus, but... Every single week, at least three times a week, he would go to Disney World. And, and you know why? And why a lot of people love Disney? It's because they treat everyone like equals. He goes in there, people like, they know his name, like Dan the Man. He's like a hero there. Everyone loves him. And he feels so welcome and warm. And, and that, that's his thing. He loves just the simple stuff in life, like Disney and watching Disney movies. He, he is like just pure like purely like childlike and, uh, and such just a loving, amazing person. So yeah, dude, I, I appreciate him so much and, and just appreciate all the small stuff. You know, every, every time we go out in the boat, you know, we appreciate even the days we get skunked, um, right. you know, doesn't happen that often, but you know, just being out on the water, man, it, uh, it, it's just always a good reminder of how lucky we are. And, and it's a, it, it's ironic, you know, that book got published on March, the six, which is his 35th birthday. Uh, I, I purposely published it on Dan, the man's 35th birthday. And once again, the doctor said he was not supposed to live that long. I mean, someone in a wheelchair who gets zero exercise and, and, you know, has had crazy amounts of surgeries. They, they just normally don't live that long. And, right. and don't, don't get me wrong. If you guys are listening, you know, someone with CP, that's not true. People with CP can live to 70, but if it's severe as my brothers, they usually don't live that long. And so we did it on his uh, his birthday, and guess what happened shortly after that? I mean, this whole virus stuff, and, and the whole book is based on fear and, and him feeling like the world's falling apart, and you know that he he's you know that he's never going to get by. I mean, it's a lot of the same kind of things we're we're dealing with now. And in, in the book, America is involved uh, on. There's basically two worlds, and the underworld is where he finds that portal, and then America is the top world. And ironically, America goes through kind of like a virus-like thing. It wasn't a, a virus, but it was a, a massive national and, and even worldwide threat that was basically shut the whole America down. I mean, it's, it's eerie what we're going through now that, that, that this book, which, you know, I wrote. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. 
Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Two, two, two years before that, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how it uh how it's uh how it's tying in. But I don't know that my brother. You ask if he appreciates me and stuff. I I don't know that he's even finished the book. I keep asking him, and you know he he's a he he's a slow reader. He's got severe like ADHD, and he can't turn a page because of you know his his fingers. He can't really grip that well and turn a page. But he's got it on I think Kindle now. And uh, I don't know if he's all the way through it or not. I was like, dude, I'm going to have to come over there and just read it to you uh, now that we're all kind of in a, in a lockdown. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he's man, he's just a he's just a, a really a, amazing person, and and I think you know can be an inspiration to all of us, even if you haven't met him. You know, we're all going through a tough time right now. We're all going through. Um, regardless if you're, you know, uh, living paycheck to paycheck or if you're a billionaire, everyone's lost money. Uh, everyone has, has lost some opportunity and there's a ton of fear out there. And, uh, I, I get, I don't know. I just, I get this warm feeling every time I think about my brother and just that waking up, I can picture him waking up in his bed and he has to sit there and call for my mom or dad or, you know, uh, uh, sometimes his social security checks, you know, gets him an aid for certain mornings to help him get out of bed, to even like face the day. And yet he wakes up with a smile and, uh, man, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. And a pretty good reminder that we're all pretty blessed, especially if we live here in America, we're, uh, we're all pretty blessed, even with all the crap and the, and, and the hurt and the, and the pain and the, and the financial hurt and all the fear that's going around. Right, right, right. You know, it's funny um, the way life is because even in some of the weakest in somebody born with a bad disease like that, of course, you know, you wouldn't think would have um, strength. Yep. Yep. But when you learn and you actually know and you can relate and you see what he brings to the world and him being able to stay positive like that is like the best and biggest sign of strength you could ever imagine yes yep so true yeah it's just you know the whole the whole the whole way you think and everything and it's just from your perspective um because it has changed you know you were uh it was born into the family you were uh juvenile and mature <laughs> um you were able to evolve and look at it from a number of different ways. It wasn't always the same outlook. And I don't know, it's just, it's, it's enlightening. It's eye opening to me. Yeah, I agree. And uh, regardless if you read the book or, or not, um, I, I think there's just so many lessons there, you know, and, and especially it's just, man, it is eerie. Just all the stuff we're going through right now. And, um, and yeah, you're right, dude. He, he has got an inner strength, that that most people lack including me i mean he has got an inner strength that that i would die to have where just nothing seems to get to him Uh, i mean he has every reason to be pissed off at the world pissed off at god the universe whatever you want to call it and and he wakes up happy and and has that inner strength of just saying hey man i'm lucky to i'm lucky to be here and i think we should all have a little bit more of that attitude it ain't easy i struggle with it personally uh but yeah he's, he's been a massive inspiration I think a lot of people struggle with it, whether they want to admit it or not, um, is a whole nother story. But I think a lot of people struggle with it. I mean, you know, one of the, one of the things that I always hear being a, uh, 
a good guide and, and a professional uh, fisherman is everybody thinks they want to be like me or that it's some sort of, you know, great occupation and everybody thinks you're cool and that kind of thing. And there's a lot of days where I wake up and I'm, I don't feel that way. Mm. I feel like I want to stay in bed or gee, am I, am I really, you know, um, Am I really, you know, doing everything that I can do in life to fulfill my life? And it's like always a question to me. And it's an insecurity that most people would never admit to, for one. But when somebody looks at somebody else, is they always think that the grass is greener or it's better or whatever. And it's not. No. No, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate you. I didn't know we we're going to go this deep, dude. Man. Dude, I get deep. I get deep. I get deep. I did. I did a podcast. <laughs> I did a podcast with Andy and Nikki Mill a few weeks ago, right in the heart of the uh, sewage spill we were having. Mm. And you know, I was talking to them about old times and what the waterway was like when we were, you know, growing up and what it's like now. And next thing you know, is uh, I got deep with those guys and emotional and stuff. And. Um, I don't know. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. I gotta, I'm going to mark the, down to listen to that podcast next. Which one? The Andy Mill one? Yeah, I haven't heard that one. It isn't out yet. Oh, okay. I'm waiting I to hear it, too. I'm waiting to hear it, too. And, I'm, and it's, it's uh, kind of pumping myself up a little bit because all these superstar legends in the game are the ones that I've listened to so far that they've put up. And I'm like, man, I'm going to get to get on their podcast with these guys you know they got chico and flip and friggin <laughs> guys that i grew up you know like idolizing all on their podcast and then um i was driving back from andy's house and i was just like man i can't believe i got on that podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's still it's still it still freaks me out but um but anyway it's amazing that um when you spend the time um to sit down and talk like we're talking now, um, where it can go. And it's also really weird because, I mean, except for maybe your closest friends and family, it just never happens. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, talk a little bit about Saltstrong. What's the uh, the latest and greatest with the Saltstrong Nation? Well, we were, we were pretty fortunate, you know, in, in terms of – this whole virus thing, because, you know, we, we built it online where there's pros and cons, right. uh, but we were pretty fortunate that we've been, we've been preaching e-learning, right. And, and online courses and this online community that we've spent our life savings building. And, and right off the bat, we got flooded. Like we had, I, I hate to say like, Oh man, this is the best month ever. Cause right now, you know, everyone's kind of hurting, but right. like, right off the bat when all the schools and stuff started shutting down, like we exploded, like all of our numbers started going up just because all of a sudden e-learning and, and, and using your time to master some kind of skill via the computer, all of a sudden was like a hot topic. And people were sitting at home saying, well, gosh, I kind of want to become a better angler and salt strong's out here with all these mastery courses and they have a guarantee on it for a year. I'll give it a shot. And so, yeah, it's, it's actually been, really good couple of uh of weeks it kind of died down a little bit 
but um, it, it, we're still growing and just have a, a really cool, thriving community. And our big thing, Jeff, mm-hmm. is is we're realizing right now in, in these crazy times that it, it's a whole lot more than just fishing, dude. You know, and and same with you. I mean, same reason you got deep there, and and that you know you got deep with Andy. It, it's a whole lot more than than just catching a fish or catching a tarpon or catching a snook or red or whatever it is, or you know, not not maybe not redfish for you and in Lamont, but, uh, it, it, uh, it, and what I mean by that is we have a lot of people who are hurting, man. And, and we have, you know, this private community that, that we've built. It's not, it's, it's basically a mix between Facebook and like an old school forum. So it it looks like Facebook and feels like it's socially easy to use. And even an 80 year old can do it. You can post Mm -hmm. pictures, videos and all that bad news about Facebook. It's not organized, right? There's no regions. And, right. you know, with fishermen, you know, they want to they want to know what's going on in their area. They don't really if you're fishing in Florida, you don't really care about Texas. No offense, mm-hmm. Texas and, and vice versa. So it's all broken down by region and even cities and, and people are connecting. And it's been interesting. I mean, I, I'm seeing people, you know, post, you know, that they're praying for someone else. And, you know, guys yeah. are one guy uh, literally just got raw. This happened this week. Uh, he lost his job. He goes down. I think it was in Tampa, like, um what an EG, it might've been EG Simmons or Cox somewhere around there. Right. And in the middle of the day, he's going down to launch his kayak and has his rods, reels, little tackle, tackle box or tackle bag on his truck and gets robbed in the middle of the day. Someone takes it, runs off. So like all his tactics, now he's sitting there with a kayak, no fishing rods, just lost his job. And, and we all kind of chipped in. A lot of people just chipped in 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there. And all of a sudden we bought a new rod reel and tackle bag and a bunch of lures and stuff. So stuff like that. I mean, it goes beyond, beyond fishing. And that's, that's been cool to see, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of, of, of how united we were just as a country, like a nine 11 Remember, Like it didn't matter if you're black, white, Republican, Democrat, Chinese, it didn't matter. In nine eleven, right. dude, we came together. Like we were strong. Like we, we were all waving the American flag. We all wanted to kick some butt. And uh, it, it kind of reminds me of that, even though the villain is is a little bit different, you know, in this virus, you can't see it or like, you know, punch it in the face. But it's it's kind of cool to see people come together as, as an online community. Uh, and I, I've been I've been really, really pleased to, to see that. And and we're just kind of keep fueling the fire and, and asking these people, how can we help? You know, whether it be helping you catch more fish, you know, getting you in the right spot the right time of day and the right tide, or if it's, you know, financially, or you need, you know, uh, a new job and there might be someone that, that it is actually hiring right now, which seems rare, but, uh, I, I know some companies are doing well. Heck, I wish I invested in, uh, you know, Kleenex and toilet paper <laughs> stock and Publix down here. Jeez. Right. Um, right. But anyhow, yeah, it's, it's been good, dude. Um, I, we're, like I said, we're just, we're kind of blessed that, we have something that that still you know has some has some good life and and what we're trying to do just so you all know is when one of the the big things I see in our industry who is going to get hurt the worst right now at least are our fishing guides guys like you I mean you know I I I see so many of our even our members who are uh, who are guides that are just like man another you know five six cancellations another ten thirty. It's just yeah. like, oh my gosh, uh, it is it is brutal. So we're going to try to do everything we can, even if it means you know spending a, paying a little money for some content because we want content. And uh, you know, you guys like you, you got camera equipment, you're good in front of a, a, a camera, you know how to catch fish. Um, so that's we're kind of building out something for that right now. So stay that's tuned. Cool. 
Yeah. Well, you got to feel proud of yourself anytime that you can create something where a group of people get together and help each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things that, you know, one of our slogans in the Real Guy Network is, you know, real guys help real guys. Yep. And, you know, there's a reason we say that. And like you said, it's everybody catches these big fish and, you know, some people are better fishermen than the other. And we make fun of redfish. They make fun of, friggin', you know, living in the friggin' sewage over here, all that kind of stuff. It goes back and forth. But at the end of the day, um, it holds true. It seems to me that people that, one, have passion about fishing, learn how to fish with somebody else, develop a relationship with the outdoors and fishing, and then it just naturally happens that they want to help other people that they feel are like them. Yep. That makes sense, right? Yeah. And do you know when when fishing clubs like really took off in America? When they did it? Yeah. Not not a trick question. I want to say that someone told me there was a story back in the Depression and that's it. That's it. Yeah, the 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 toughest time we've had in a hundred. Yeah, in a hundred years, the Great Depression. Fishing clubs, you know, had been around. They started in like Scotland or England or somewhere in in uh, in, in Europe. And so they've been around hundreds of years, and and there was a couple here and there in uh, in America. And from all the research I've done, like they exploded during the Great Depression. You have you know, what twenty eight percent unemployment. That means I mean one in four people, one in four of your neighbors had no job at all, and everyone was struggling. And it was a place just what you're talking about, like the real guys and the salt strongers coming together that shared a passion, which was fishing, and talked about fish and talked about life. You know. Uh, I mean, just lifted each other up during a really, really crappy time. And I, I hope we're not entering another Great Depression. Um, but even even if it's just half as bad or a third of bad or whatever it is, it, it is, it's cool to see people like all the people listening here that love fishing that are coming together and, and, and helping out and lending a hand. Because I, what, I've, what I've found after just you know talking to some other business owners, it seems like a third of the of the small business owners and even people that have jobs are are doing okay, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 are, are going to be fine. A third are kind of freaking out, and a third are like it's hit the fan, like done, like jobs over. You know, I'm having to fire a hundred people or whatever it is. And right. and that being said, I mean, no one's like thriving right now, minus you know the the you know the Kleenex and toilet paper people in Publix. Uh, so the majority of us are going through a tough time, man, and it's um, I, I love seeing people come together, and I love when it can be built around a, a unified sport or hobby or love like like fishing. Right, right. No, and 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 and, and you're doing a great job, and um, just want to commend you for it because uh, being a leader of any group, being a leader of any people, being a leader of any business, you have to be a leader. And you guys are doing a great job. The other thing that, I, that that always brings a smile to my face when anytime I think about anything with Salt Strong is that you and your brother do it together. I love that. I think. I mean, one of the one of the hardest things for me to um, go through, and and this is you know twenty something years ago. But I always figured that me and my brother and my dad were going to run 
my father's boat company mm. and I never it, it never came together due to some hurricanes and some recessions some bad times and I really feel like it's a missing link in my life like I really thought that you know that would have been the best scenario for me to be able to work ass to ass with my brother and take my father's boat company to a new level yep and it didn't happen. And I feel like it's a missing link. And then when I hear you and, and, and Luke together, it goes through my mind. And I'm happy for you guys simply because of the relationship. And then for you guys to be successful and to last, you guys have been around a while already. That's huge. Do you know how many guys I've seen come and go in this industry in my lifetime? And then I watch, I watch your salt strong um, you know, wiggle and go through what it's had to go through to get to where it is today. And um, I've always rooted for you guys, and I think it's great. Thanks, I man. Really- and there's yeah. there's definitely been some wiggling. Um, and, and you said it earlier about you know people look at at you or us or whoever it is and say, oh, I, I'd love to be in, in their shoes. Or man, they have it so easy. And and this is an encouragement to everyone listening that that might be getting let go from a job or might have that dream of starting a boat company or, or, you know, whatever it is, you know, we, we left our jobs that were very financially secure thinking it would be easy. Like we literally had like no business. Oh, this is going to be easy. We'll just create content and people are going to give us money, dude. We, so we did not pay ourselves for two full years. I'm not talking like minimum wage. We paid ourselves nothing, zero. And, And that's easy to, to say now and it's it seems easy like oh yeah we'll go a year or so without any income do we burn through everything and like you know it's like it's it's like and we've all been there when one thing happens it seems like it's just like raining down fire and crap on us so during that time i had two kids both spent multiple days in the hospital one in the icu for 11 days or NIC, this is the, that was the, our, our, our son uh, had basically would have been dead had there not been uh, the right technology and the right people there at the time. So that was like, you know, $130,000 hospital bill. And we didn't have that kind of cash on hand. And thank goodness we had insurance, but still our deductible was like 14000 And we had to pay that. It's like all these things keep happening. Like, dude, it was, it, it, I could go down this list and like all of a sudden, like all of our savings, everything was getting down to the point where it was like zero. And at one point, I think it might have gone like negative for, for a month. And so I, I tell you all that to say it ain't always uh, uh, greener on the other side. But at the same point, we got through it and we found a way. And and now, you know, looking back, it, it didn't seem that bad, you know. And and it it, it strengthened us like that. It, it it strengthened my relationship with my brother Luke and and my family. Like it actually brought us together. And so I I say all that is more of an encouragement that if you're going through a tough time and you feel like the world's falling in on you. Uh, I get it, and and I remember those feelings, and and dude, we had to go check our old, you know, our old contract to see if we could even get back in our own industry. I mean, we that that happened for about a month. There were mm-hmm. some, uh, there were some really, really scary and, and lean times. Uh, but yeah, you keep pivoting, and and a lot of prayer went into it, and a lot of just listening to your audience and and asking them what they want, and uh, and and that's kind of how how we got to where we are now. But yeah, it has been fun. Uh, yeah. One good thing about working with a sibling 
is you don't you don't sit on things there's no sleeping on feelings you know there's no like oh man i wish i could tell this coworker or my boss this like it we get it out quick and we haven't had a fist fight or anything uh yet but uh when there's a problem or we have a disagreement it it comes out fast and we settle it really really fast and i and i believe that helps us grow i i i think you know, one one thing that you could do horribly wrong in any business or, or any kind of job is to hold a grudge against someone and not tell them how you're feeling or if you disagree with them because you might hurt their feelings, you get fired. And I'm not saying to be a jerk, but uh, just to be honest and just say, hey, you know, I I, I, I don't 100% agree with this. Can you can you explain this to me? And and, and then you, you can call them an idiot after that. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been good, man. Uh, I, I love the fact that we can have honest conversations and, and get stuff off our chest really quickly and, and, uh, and, you know, kind of hug it out and move on. (laughs) And the other thing too, is, you know, it's, it's, it, it, you know, makes your brotherhood deeper because you have a whole nother aspect of life that you're sharing with your brother that most brothers just don't get to do together. So, you know, you get like two relationships with one great guy. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's and true. And I watch it the whole time from the guys you, from the time you walked up to me and shook my hand to, you know, the last podcast I listened to you guys together. And I'm just like, I've been watching, I've been looking, and, and I absolutely love it. So let's lighten up the conversation just a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm, you know, a bait guy. I'm more of a bait guy. Oh, boy. Oh, we're going to talk about bait versus lures. No, I want some damn slam shadies. <laughs> I've been listening to you guys brag about slam shadies. All you guys are catching fish on slam shadies and shit. I'm out here catching a dozen every single day. <laughs> Busting my batukas out here, and you guys are crushing them on the slam shadies for real, dude. The slam shady works. Um, I, I'll tell you this: the story of how that happened. So. We we had thrown it out there kind of as a joke to our community, you know, not a joke, but we we just asked them. Uh, we put it in our in our private group and on Facebook and said, right. if you guys could do create the perfect artificial lure, what would it look like, and what color would it be? And and we did it two different stages. So basically, what would the the, the mold be like? You know, what would it be a swim bait? Would it be a jerk shad shrimp? And by and large. The, the number one thing that people said was, you know, a swim bait or a paddle tail. Okay. So we had that first. So we're like, all right, like people, I mean, we have 60 something thousand people in that, you know, that Facebook group and another 13,000 we're talking 70 something thousand people, not all of them commented, but it was thousands of comments that we went through and, and kind of figured out that that was the number one thing. And so we, we, we knew what the mold was going to be. And then we said, well, like, what about color? Like, if, if you could have an all-year-round, like, and we're talking about catching inshore slams. This is really what the target, meaning snook, redfish. Yeah, I'm going to say redfish in your podcast. And uh, and, and, and trout, flounder, tarpon, all, all the main inshore species that, that we catch, basically from Texas to, you know, the Carolinas, minus snook. And and by and large, it was either pearl or white. Like Like, I'm talking, like, 70% of people said that, you know, that there was some kind of pearl or white. A few people were saying chartreuse tail and stuff like that. For the most part, it was some kind of pearl or white. And then a lot of people were talking about having the, the flakes like gold and, and silver flakes, like, you know, make sure there's, there's a little bit of sparkle in there, make it pop underwater. 
And so we put all that together, and we went to Z-Man at ICAST, I guess it was two years ago now, okay. and, and we pitched it to him. We, we met Daniel Nussbaum, the, the CEO and president of, of Z-Man, and, and we did a couple of review videos on Saltstrom, so he knew who he were and, uh, and, and liked us, and he's like, let me think about it, and nothing happened. And, and then he gave us a shot. He's like, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do this because he had done some stuff with Sia Richardson at the time. And he's like, let's let's just give it a shot and see what happens. And yeah. so we did it. We did a mold with him and a color and we, we fished it. And it, it did OK. But we're like, man, like and, and it wasn't what it is now. It was we went through, I think, three different renditions. And then we finally got the current Slam Shady. And, and no lie, my brother posted it out there. It was the very first prototype lure. We just got it in the mail. And he called a grouper, a gag grouper a snook, a redfish, and a trout, all, you know, all there on film, like uncut, uh, all in one little area there in uh, near Boquilla, Florida. And we're like, holy crap, this thing works. And so we gave it to a few other people on our team. They're all catching fish. We're like, all right, we're running with it. And then Z-Man, you know, got it into production. And and so we own the name Slam Shady. A lot of people don't know that. So we, it's a trademark name. We We own that. And, and, you know, Z-Man owns the mold. And so that's why we did that deal with them. And now we have our own our own little version as well because Z-Man couldn't keep up with all the stuff they have going on. And so long story short, the thing works. We're now at like, I think it's 51 species are caught on it. So now it's become almost like this game where where people are, are getting their, their pack and they're trying to see what they can catch. I mean, a lot of people down there where you are, are trying to catch everything from, you know, clown knife fish to peacock bass and tilapia uh there's a there's a dude now he just bought a bunch of packs in south africa uh, a couple in europe and they're getting these crazy species we don't even have so now it's like this kind of like, not a running joke because we are trying to turn to like a world record but like people are sending in pictures of these crazy species caught on slam shady so it's uh dude it's 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 been fun and funny uh, and funny because oh, yeah. here's the truth, Jet. You know, there's no magical lure out there, right? And and I'm just being completely transparent. There are lures and and live baits, like a dozen mullet, that work better than certain things in certain times of the year in certain places. But you got to be in a feeding zone first, right? I mean, I can't put you in a sewage system with a slam shading so you're going to catch fish. Like you still got to be in a good area. <laughs> Uh, but thanks for that that scenario. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that, that thing, and I, I don't mean like, you know, Fort Lauderdale in general, I'm just talking about a legit sewer system. Sorry. That was a, that was a low blow, but, uh, yeah, the, the the thing, the thing flat out works. And, and now, now we're talking with Z-Man again, they're finally kind of getting caught up and I, I believe we'll have them back in production with them pretty, uh, pretty soon. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. Slam shady, baby. Really, I love the name. I, I, I was freaking, you know, I, I, I listen to the podcast and I hear you guys talk about it. And then, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like Zara Spooks at Slam Shady. It's like, once you got it, you got it. It's a great name. Great name. And, and the reason why, for those of you that haven't put it together, like my dad didn't. He's like, well, what, what? He's like, it's a cool name, but like, how'd you come up with it? I was like, well, you heard of Slim Shady, right? He's like, well, no, who's Slim Shady? He's like, Eminem. He's like, oh, I've, heard the, I've heard of Eminem, the rapper. <laughs> And Eminem's, you know, stage name or whatever you want to call it is is Slim Shady. And so we were all brainstorming on a fun name. And it's so it's a it's a white bait with a lot of gold and silver is kind of shiny. And we're trying to catch inshore slams. And uh, this guy, Nick, on our team, uh, he's like, well, man, why not? Why not Slam Shady? And the second we heard it, we're like, that's it. And uh, I bet that is awesome. Awesome. Awesome name. And I'm glad the um, people are catching all sorts of stuff on it, because if they didn't. 
then the name would be wasted and everybody forget about it. <laughs> yeah, all right, we'll get you a pack. We're going to need to come down there and fish with you again. We'll we'll get you on uh, some, some tarp on the Slam Shady. You see that? Everybody in the audience that's listening to this, if you suck up to the right guy, good things happen. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you a dozen slam shadies, not not just a pack. Well, you know, we'll get you a bunch of them. There you go, <laughs> Joe. As always, it's great to spend some time with you. I wish you guys over there at uh, Salt Strong, you know, the best of luck. I think what you guys are doing, educating people, <clears throat> putting together networks of people that can help each other, and um, just being, you know, good shepherds in uh, in in an industry that. Is not full of all good shepherds. I just uh, proud to know that uh, you guys are my friends, and um, I hope the second half of 2020 shapes up and gets yes. even better for you guys. And um, I look forward to doing more episodes, content, and um, maybe just some hanging out in the future. Ditto, man. We've we've always been, you know, it started off as we were kind of fanboys of you when we got in the industry and, and no one knew us and would even give us the time of day. And you did. Uh, you and Tom Rowland were, were really the, the, and I've mentioned that multiple times to people that you were two people in particular that, that I mean, not only just embraced us and became really good friends, but we're just super helpful in connecting us with people and we'll, we'll never forget that. So yeah, we, we love you like, uh, like our fourth brother. And uh, anything we can do to help you out, man, we're uh, we're we're here. And certainly, once all these bands are lifted, we're uh, we're gonna get down there and uh, and fish with you. Always a always a blast fishing with Lunker Dog. Well, if you can get over here, that'd be great. But um, if not, I want to make it a a, a point. Um, you can stay at home if you want. I want to fish with Luke. <laughs> I don't blame yeah, you. <laughs> Superstar to me, you know. If you can make it, great. So tell Luke. Um, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be in contact. With for the record, Luke, Luke is the real great fisherman. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just the clown behind the scenes, like you know, cracking jokes and uh, and, and making the place fun. But yeah, Luke, Luke is an amazing fisherman. <laughs> well, everybody over there in the Salt Strong Nation, run that dog. And um, thanks so much for doing the podcast with us today. I'm sure everybody's going to enjoy it. Thank you, brother. All right, Joe. Thank you, guys. Take it easy, pal. Peace. Another episode in the books. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. This is a podcast by real guys for real guys. Till next time, guys, run that dog.